it was it was a very connecting conversation in a way that if I was asking him whatever about his history or any number of the surface things that you might talk about on a first date, the the things that we were talking about went so much deeper and they were so much more intimate um, than we might have had on a typical first date. And by the way, one of the things that I was wanting, one of the things in my vision for a relationship is somebody that who could go deep with me and who was willing to be vulnerable and who um, could cultivate intimacy beyond the bedroom, you know, through conversation, through sharing of, of what matters to a person. This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Hi, and thanks for tuning into this episode. Leela had expected that she'd be married long before she reached her late 40s, but that hadn't come to pass. Leela knew deep down what she wanted in a relationship, what she needed, which is why she decided to end a two-year relationship that at one point she thought would be her forever one. Not too long thereafter, she went to a singles event. It was a potluck, so she brought a rotisserie chicken. So did Jack and only two other people showed up. While it wasn't the first time she'd seen Jack, they hadn't ever spoken before. The conversation they had that night was anything but typical. Here's Leela's first date story. Hi, Leela. Thank you for being my guest this episode. So glad to be here. I love your podcast, and I'm really excited to be a guest today. Thank you. You're a seasoned dater, And for anyone who's wondering what a seasoned dater is, it's a term that I coined lovingly for adults who are in the dating scene for longer than they'd anticipated. Now, I'm curious to learn more about you and would love it if you would share some of your backstory with us. All right. Well, um, I am on the eve of my 50th birthday and I've never been married, no kids. I have done a ton of traveling and moved to a couple of different locations. And I am a, I am a loving auntie <laughs> and also really, really enjoy outdoor activities. Uh, I have my own business as a nutritionist and health coach. And I just love being of service to people in that way. And but I just have... It's, it's a good life. That's fantastic. A good life. We all want a good life. And I'm happy to hear that that is what you're living. This date we are going to now delve into. Who is the guy you went out with? His name is Jack. What was going on in your life when you met Jack? Well, I had just three months prior, I had ended a two-year relationship that it just wasn't just ultimately wasn't working but it was a really hard decision and some of the reasons for that is um 
you know, he, he was, he was fine. There were lots of things that went well. Um, it was going okay. Um, he had kids and I had wanted kids, but by the time we had met, I was a little past childbearing years. So that was enticing and we got along good enough, but I had had these ideas about what I wanted my long-term relationship to be like. And I had actually done a lot of growth work to be the kind of person who could have the kind of relationship that I wanted. And I just wasn't having that relationship with him. And we weren't really on the page, same page in terms of the vision of what's possible. So I basically, I broke up with him and it was a really hard decision because I felt like I was launching off a cliff without a parachute late in my 40s. But you were brave enough to do it. Yeah, it took something. I'll be honest. It didn't take a parachute. You had no parachute. I had no parachute. (laughs) But you realized that, deep down you realized that if you stayed with this person, you weren't going to fulfill the life that you wanted to live. Exactly. I wasn't going to fulfill the life I wanted to live, and I wasn't going to have the kind of relationship that I had dreamed of and worked towards for quite a long time. How did you recover from the end of that relationship? Well, I got a lot of support. I had, a, I had a coach and a therapist, and they held me through it, and girlfriends. Once I got up the courage to do it, it was actually easier to be on the other side. I actually had some grief that I worked through even before I broke up with him. So once I actually did it, in a way, it was, it was, it, it was easier. It was a relief. When you got on the other side of it, How soon thereafter did you think to yourself, I'm ready to meet someone who will create a relationship with me that will deliver me the life that I truly want? Well, I wasn't sure if I was quite ready when I met Jack. And, um, you know, it was a little bit of a thing when I first met him. Um, Am I ready to do this? Am I clear enough? and I just, I decided just to take it one step at a time because I had already taken this brave step and, and left that other relationship. And so I wanted to be open to what there might be out there for me. But really it was, it was just taking it step by step and really feeling in to myself and how I was doing at each, at each point. So I just took it step by step. How did you and Jack meet? Well, um, it, it was it, the the meeting was a little bit drawn out. So I attend a spiritual center, and w- w- let's just say that that not very often are there <laughs> men in the age range that I'm looking for that are probably straight who show up at this place. <laughs> so. He arrived one morning and it, it caught my attention for sure. And so I, I met his eye uh, across the, the spiritual center and 
I know he caught it and he nodded to me and there's a point where you can introduce yourselves to each other. And so we did that, but there's not time to talk at that point. And then after the service, there is time to talk, but he didn't approach me at that time. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be the one. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be the one to approach him. If he wants to do it, he's going to come to me. And he didn't. (laughs) He didn't. He didn't. (laughs) Then what were you thinking? Well, I was like, I guess, whatever, any number of things. He's not interested. I'm not ready. Uh, it's, It's not meant to be whatever. So, um, so we both left the spiritual center that day. And then that was a Sunday. And then the following Friday, one of the people was hosting this, um, it was called a spiritual singles event. And so it was a Friday after that. So I was, I decided to attend that. And, um, it turned out that the the door to the facility was locked and and so I was kind of waiting out back and I had my my you know um rotisserie chicken in hand and you know, making calls <laughs> and trying to figure out how to get, how you, to get it was a potluck <laughs> yeah it was a potluck as well so along comes Jack with his rotisserie chicken in hand really <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs> so we're hanging out there behind the spiritual center with the rotisserie, chi- you know, the, the double rotisserie chickens. And um, since I had been at the, the spiritual center longer, I was making some calls. And um, finally, somebody else showed up and we got in. And it turned out for this event that the only people who attended were me and him and the facilitator and then one other woman who was older than our age range. And that was it. So, so I was like, oh, isn't this interesting? <laughs> oh, you went from being across the room, doing the catching of the eye thing, but to, with all these people in between you, to being like in a much more intimate setting where you somehow completely were in sync to select the same food for a potluck that only four of you (laughs) were there to attend. I guess that was a good sign, huh? That we selected the same food. (laughs) It seems like it was. Yes. Well, uh, what happened next? Of course, we wound up sitting next to each other in the circle. Um, you know, I didn't make sure of that or anything, <laughs> but it was pretty easy to do without being obvious about it. And the the neat thing was, is that the way this, that this event went is that the facilitator asked us, all of us, the group, some, some very deep questions about, you know, being single and dating and uh, finding people that are spiritual and, and then as you know so we shared in the small group and then there were moments where um they had set us up in pairs so I was paired with him and you know we shared you know they had prompts to questions and we shared with each other 
and you know and then they're like hey guys come back to the group and we're continuing to talk (laughs) so because we went so deep in our conversations that first time um without kind of the pretense of it being a date or anything it I, I sort of feel like in some ways that was that was part of our first date so it was the way that we got to know each other on a much deeper level than we might have if uh, w- whatever we'd met online and the you know the first time we saw each other and all the nervousness and all of all of that so because there wasn't that like first date pretense and because the facilitator gave us prompts that prompted us to go pretty deep in our conversations it was really neat to get to know him on a on a deeper deeper level straight off the bat this is so interesting because when you think about what a typical first date is about it is about getting to know the other person asking questions that give you a hint about them but it's rare and sometimes not appropriate to go very deep into uh, topics that are very personal when you're on a first date that really often is going beyond what is needed or comfortable in that sort of setting. But here you are in an entirely different setting. And you have a facilitator who is guiding your conversation and requiring you to go deeper than you ever would on a first date. I am curious how you felt doing that because you've already alluded to the fact that you were attracted to this man. How did you feel disclosing things about yourself that you probably would not have disclosed on an actual first date? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it was sort of like there were moments where I checked in with myself and I was like, oh, okay, you know, should we edit or whatever? And then I was like, no, Leela, just, 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 just go with it. Just go go for the ride. Because if I was willing to go deep, then perhaps he would have been as well. And that's actually what happened. And so it was it was a very connecting conversation in a way that if I was asking him whatever about his history or any number of the surface things that you might talk about on a first date, the the things that we were talking about went so much deeper and they were so much more intimate um, than we might have had on a typical first date. And by the way, one of the things that I was wanting, one of the things in my vision for a relationship is somebody that who could go deep with me and who was willing to be vulnerable and who um, could cultivate intimacy beyond the bedroom you know, through conversation, through sharing of, of what matters to a person, being able to share deeply who they are and what's important to them. So I said to myself, you know, Leela, you just need to go with it because this is the kind of relationship you want. And no matter what happens, this is good. He was already showing his abilities to converse with you in the way that you wanted a man to without realizing that he was addressing needs that you felt you had for the next relationship that you were going to be in. Exactly. And I was like, "Wee!" <laughs> <laughs> now you just needed to get a date scheduled. <laughs> I 
between the two of you. Well, uh, that's what we should talk about next. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying Leela's story. Can you relate to where she is in her life? I can. I know what it's like to be single longer than you'd expect it to be. And I also know that no one is less than because they don't have a partner. Now, I'm all about shining a warm, loving light on seasoned daters and every woman who's dating later in life. This is one of the main reasons I wrote a book. It's called First Date Stories, Women's Romantic and Ridiculous Midlife Adventures. It's going to be published on September the 14th. The book is a collection of true stories told to me by the women who lived them, and these stories have never been heard on this podcast before. And it's got a lot of tales about women who are single longer than they had anticipated, as well as women who've come out of marriages. Kirkus Reviews has called it a, quote, humorous and defiantly upbeat new book, unquote. And they also wrote that readers will likely come to this book for the intriguing stories, but they'll stay for the supportive common sense that the author dispenses, and they'll appreciate her compassionate tone throughout. A sensible, readable, and above all, forgiving overview of modern dating. It's my hope that you'll read this book and that you'll feel the same way. You can find out more about the book by going to firstdatestories.com forward slash book. You can pre-order it there from Amazon or whatever local bookstore you like to shop at. And now let's get back to Leela's story. So at the end of the evening, so this was a Friday evening and he asked for my number and of course, Friday evening, maybe Saturday morning, but I don't think it was Saturday morning. Um, I looked him up online and <laughs> real, I realized that we had, um, I forget how many, it was close to 20 Facebook friends in common. And hmm. I saw that one of my best friends was one of his Facebook friends. So, of course, I called her up the next day. Now, mind you, he hasn't asked me out yet. So I called her up the next day and I said, hey, this guy, Jack, he's your Facebook friend. Tell me a little bit about him. And so she did. And, and he's more of an acquaintance for her. Um, basically, the way like my besties were her, his acquaintances and his besties were my acquaintances. So there were any number of times in social situations that we could have met previously, but we hadn't. So I asked my friend about him. And then, of course, she proceeds to, without my knowing, she proceeds to call up one of his besties. And then, interestingly enough, she scheduled a a dinner on Sunday night. So this is two days after he asked for my phone number. He hadn't called me yet by Sunday night. So... I'm at a dinner with my bestie and one of his besties and she has like already filled his bestie in on all these things. And so it was so awkward, <laughs> you know, cause, <laughs> cause his bestie is like, Ooh, well maybe the three of us could get together sometime. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, oh my God, this, this stinks so bad. I haven't even been on a date with this guy. And it was, it was very uncomfortable, to say the least. I get it. The cart was way the heck in front of the horse on this one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was embarrassing because like, I mean, I guess, of course, he would expect me to check him out or whatever. But now all this had been in motion before we even knew what we are we were beyond a couple people who had shared deep thoughts two nights ago and rotisserie chickens and rotisserie chickens (laughs) yes i can imagine you were concerned that he was going to be feeling pressure from his bestie to move forward and contact you and set something up yeah it was just um i'm i'm a bit traditional and i like for the guy to make the move. You know, I just wanted to give him the space to do that without feeling like people were on his case or that, I don't know. I just wished that that whole thing had not transpired, basically. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, it spoke a lot about the people in your life and in his life, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And And I did appreciate that we had mutual friends and that we, you know, choose to hang out with similar types of people because that was actually another issue with with the man that I had um, recently broken up with is I I just didn't really like his friends, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I'm like, okay, well, this is a good sign. He's he's at least, we've got friends in common and, you know, I, I know his bestie had met her before and all of this. So yeah, it was a good sign. It's important to like most, if not all, of the friends that uh, one's partner has in their lives. You learn a lot about the person in your life by the people who are in their life, don't you? Yeah, for sure. And who they choose to surround themselves says a lot about who they are. It does. Okay, so this dinner on Sunday night comes to a close. Then where do things go from there? Well, finally, he called on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) No texting. He called. Uh, Actually, I think he texted first, but then then we talked. We talked on Monday. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a nail biter before that, you know, while also feeling embarrassed. But I, um, I talked to him on Monday, and then we made a date for the following Friday night. How were you feeling after that? relieved (laughs) (laughs) yeah relieved and excited because there was all this build-up you know was there this sort of build-up for him too i don't think there was quite the same (laughs) build-up for him i mean you know he was sort of the recipient of some build-up because here here his friend is like oh guess who i had dinner with leela you know and Mm -hmm. um but let's just say there's a lot there was a lot of build up for me <laughs> friday rolls around take us through what happened friday evening well we had plans to meet out at a bar um we actually lived um like on either side of the same neighborhood so we picked a place that was close to both of us. That's another thing. We lived basically in the same neighborhood and we'd never met each other before. And we'd both lived there um, 
to you know at the same time for eight years. So we went to um, we went to a bar that was close by, and um, the the NBA finals were on, and the the two teams that were playing were like you know his hometown slash where I currently live, and then my hometown where I grew up, and so <laughs> so I. So I guess I was nervous. So, you know, I made this big thing. I'm like, well, you know, my team's playing your team, but I've been gone for a long time. So, you know, I'm sort of a fan of both. Like, I wanted him to know that I wasn't going to embarrass him by cheering ultra loudly for the opposing team or, you know, showing up with my face paints with the wrong colors or things like that. Got it. I take it he's a sports fan? Yeah, yeah, and and he's he's very devote, devoted to his basketball team. He's been a longtime fan. Clearly, you had thought a lot about how the dynamic was going to work between the two of you around the competition uh, going on on the TV screens with the NBA Finals happening. Let's step back and tell us about how things went when the two of you saw each other at the bar when, after you both arrived. Yeah, so he was there first, and um, it was it was really sweet. Actually, he's a very warm person, and so um, you know he gathered me in a big hug, and it, it felt really good. And at this point, we knew each other a little bit, so it wasn't quite as nerve wracking as a as a first date might have otherwise been. And how did things progress from there? Well, the game hadn't quite started yet, and the food at the bar that we were at was not that great. Um, so we ended up just kind of wandering around the neighborhood a little bit, and we found found a Greek restaurant, and um, and it was it was a sweet little place, and it, it was fun too because I actually was going on a trip to Greece three months from then. So it was it was fun to talk about that. And it sort of prompted conversation about travel. And we've both traveled a lot, traveled a lot. So I think the context of where we ate and and opening up that conversation helped a lot. On the topic of conversation, the two of you had had a very in-depth and personal conversation the week before. Here you are back together again. Did you find that the conversation eventually got to a deeper level because that had already kind of been established as a comfortable place for the two of you to be? Or was it more of your higher level get to know you sort of, I'm going to say chit chat that more commonly happens on a first date? Yeah, it was more the latter. I mean, I sort of felt like you know, from my perspective, I felt like we went into that deep dive and I kind of wanted to catch up a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, who mm. is this guy? What's he all about? You know, <laughs> that, that, that sort of thing. Some of the some of the basics that we hadn't really covered yet. Yet at the same time, we had had that deeper connection already. So, you know, we already knew that that there was some sort of connection. So, yeah, and plus the the context, you know, you're um, watching a game doesn't doesn't really make for the ability to have super deep conversations. So it, honestly, it was perfect. 
It was perfect. I I love hearing that. After the dinner was over, uh, did you go back to the bar? Yeah, so we went back to the bar and we um, we watched the game and I cheered a little bit, although I didn't have much to cheer about. His team won, so <laughs> I was I was fine with that. And um, and it was it was good. It was it was it was light and um, comfortable. You know, just kind of having little conversations between the plays, and it just it felt really good. What did you learn about him as he soaked in the victory? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because like I, I he understated it a little bit. You know, he was really excited, but he 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 understated his excitement a little bit. I think. Hmm. So you <laughs> so learned he was very caring. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, I, you know, given that he is such a fan of that basketball team, I thought he did a really nice job of being attentive to me and connecting with me as well as, you know, watching the game and paying attention to the game. So it says a lot about who he is that he was able to do that. How did the evening come to a close? Yeah, so the game was over and it sort of felt like the evening naturally came to an end. So he walked me back to my car and gave gave me a big hug and a kiss and he he asked me out right away for the following weekend. So that that felt really good especially when the the lead-in was a little bit more um, waiting, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it was good to be, it was good to, to not have the whole week to sort of wonder. Yeah. It is always good not to have to wait and wonder. Let's go back to that kiss. Was that a kiss that really punctuated the first date and the preamble to the first date? Yeah. Well, you know, it's actually, it, it's the kiss and the embrace. Jack has a really big heart and you feel that when you're with him. He's very, he's, yeah, you feel it. You feel it in all the ways. You feel it in the kiss. You feel it in the embrace. You feel it in who he shows up as. He's, he's just a very big hearted person. And, and that, that was super apparent from the beginning. You're sharing this implies that the two of you are still together. So my next question is, or really my next request is, that you fill us in on the rest of the story. Yeah, so I think one of the interesting things was is our conversation at the Greek restaurant. So I had scheduled this trip to Greece, but I had dreamed for, oh God, probably 15 years of going to the Greek islands with my sweetheart. And my sweetheart hadn't showed up. And so I just booked the darn trip. I'm like, enough already. However, um, my sweetheart was showing up. And so I took a chance and invited him to come to Greece for part of my trip. And it was, um, it was super romantic. And I'm, I'm really glad I took the chance on it because it was, it was about three months into are being together. Um, and we just had our three-year anniversary of our first date a couple weeks ago. 
Congratulations. Wow. What a tremendous tale. What did you take away from your first date with Jack that has carried with you since that encounter? Well, I think there's there's two things, you know, and one of them is is along the line of of what I would share with with people who are still dating and to be brave and and don't settle for something that's you know that doesn't feel right or that's you know not what you want for yourself i i've never been married i waited a long time and thank god and the other thing i would say specifically about the the first date is to be brave enough to be open to share yourself share who you are have a have a open heart be, be wary too, because there's all kinds of things that we can encounter on a first date, of course. But I think the fact that I was able to show up and to go deep and share who I was and not be scared was was really powerful. That is. It's not always easy. It usually isn't until you get to a point in life where you just say, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to worry how it's received. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm over 40. I'm not over 50 yet. So I think it's going to get even better over 50. But <laughs> I did notice over 40 that it's like, you know, not worrying so much about what people think and not hiding myself so much um, as I might have when I was younger. And that... I think is actually a really beautiful thing about dating later in life because they can see what they're going to get. And, you know, we may be a little bit more confident in ourselves and hopefully they've matured enough that they have greater skills and, (laughs) you know, that uh, you can, you can decide more quickly if there's a connection or if there's not. When I started this episode off, I started it by stating that you're a seasoned dater. How do you feel now at this point about being a seasoned dater? Yeah, I'm I'm glad I waited. I'm so incredibly grateful. When I think about the the men that I could have married because I thought that I should be married by a certain age, and when I think about being with them, I mean, they're fine. They're good good men but it's it's not it's not like this and I really do feel I had this idea of what I wanted a relationship to be and I did not learn it from my parents and I needed the time to grow myself and have the relational experiences that maybe were super challenging or or grew me to be able to get to this point to have the kind of relationship that I have. I feel like, you know, Jack and I have talked about it. Even if we had even met 10 years ago, there's no way either of us would have been at a, a level of, of development to have the kind of relationship that we have. And so I, it's so worth it to have not given in early and, and, you know, settled for something because that's what the culture said I should do. I applaud you for staying true to yourself and figuring out along the way 
that it was the right thing for you to continue forging forward until the day came when you met that right person and to not settle. And then one night when you had a rotisserie chicken in hand, you got the opportunity to really get to know a man who has turned out to be that right person and who made your dream of uh, escape to the Greek Isles with a sweetheart come true. Bravo. Oh, thank you. It sounds so lovely to hear you say it. I appreciate the reflection. (laughs) And I appreciate your coming on this episode to share this tremendous tale about being true to oneself. And by being true to oneself, being able to chart a path that ultimately led you to the person who you were meant to be with. So thank you. Thank you, Leela, for being my guest and for sharing this tale with me and with the listeners. Mm, My pleasure. So good to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. And you can subscribe there or wherever you're listening right now. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And also check out our blog at firstdatestories.com, where we celebrate singledom, talk about self-care, explore what might be keeping you from finding the right partner, and dish out some dating tips. And now for a quick run-through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or objective the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests have been changed for privacy purposes. The producer of the podcast is Sarah singer Schiff, and the show is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best self, cheer you on, and encourage you to keep going on first dates because beyond your next first date could be the lifelong love you're seeking.